Welcome to the Voices of War, a podcast with a simple vision, to bring to life the true costs of war through the voices of those who've lived it. I'm your host, Maz, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I'm once again speaking with Hezbollah, an Afghan security analyst and journalist who remains in Kabul. We recorded our first discussion on 17th of August, only a day after the Taliban took control of Kabul, where we discussed how we got to where we are now. You can find the link to that discussion in the show notes. Today, we'll be talking about the current situation, and perhaps most importantly, what the future holds for the people of Afghanistan. Hezbollah, thank you for joining me once again. Thank you for giving me one more opportunity to share the realities of Afghanistan with you. Thank you. I know that uh, even your own security situation is uh, still remains questionable. Uh, so again, I thank you for talking to me once again. Uh, but maybe we can start uh, by if you can give us a, a quick understanding of what is happening on the ground at the moment. Uh, how do you feel? How safe is it? Uh, what is the general sentiment of the people in Kabul? There were almost uh, 15 lakh people who were working in the previous administration. Every uh, member is suffering from very harsh uh, troubles because they feel uh, insecure, they are receiving threats, they are escaping from one place to other places, and they they are feeling that they would be killed abruptly if the Taliban captured them. So, sorry, Hezbollah, can you just confirm who you mean? I, I missed the start, and I'm not sure if I understood. Who, who are you referring to? Every member, uh, the, the 15 lakh people who work in the previous administration with the Ghani's administration, every mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, that member who worked with the previous administration, now suffering from very harsh tragedies. They are insecure. They, they, are, they have intention to flee Afghanistan as soon as possible. But uh, uh, in the same situation, they are changing their places in order to protect their lives and uh, they are receiving threats. The Taliban is still going to uh, going to their homes in order to find them and take uh, take revenge from them. Particularly, the women rights activists, journalists who work with the international media, and uh, the members. Of, uh, of the last uh, administration that uh, actively uh, played their role against the Taliban, and particularly the Afghan uh, army members were three legs. They were uh, fighting in the various parts of Afghanistan against uh, the Taliban, and the Taliban knows these members, they know their home, they know their tribes, and they, uh, they are in very bad situ- situation. Everyone has left their home and uh, they are trying to flee Afghanistan as soon as possible because they feel that uh, they would be killed by the Taliban uh, mm. after uh, uh, their capture. This is uh, the situation 
on the other side if you see kabul the whole if you see entire afghanistan the whole afghanistan is closed education uh, universities almost there are 15 uh, 50 universities they all are closed the whole agriculture system is closed the whole banks in afghanistan are closed because there are so many people who have money in their accounts but they are unable to take out their money from the from the banks mm. and they, there is a very uh, a great inflammation uh, in kabul and other parts of the the prices are hiking in afghanistan almost double and mm. uh, a similar way if you see kabul kabul was the most developed city of uh, this region the women were wearing jeans and they were uh, the, the get up of the women were very stylish and modernized now they are you cannot see a single woman in the city of kabul if you see they are wearing the burqas and other kind of clothes which the taliban like so you're saying that's already happening now yeah and, uh, it is not a uh, the figure of uh, ngos and institutions it's my personal figure i think more than 20 lakh of one women lose their jobs and tens of thousands of one female students studying in the various part of afghanistan in the universities they can't uh, go to their universities now hmm. so this is the condition and the second uh, uh, situation uh, that is also very troubling the international community and the countries are just providing visas to those of ones that work as a interpreter for them and that work with their army and projects hmm. and they have limited their humanity their sympathies just to these people on the other hand the journalists the army personnel the women right activists and the people uh, with the previous who played very uh, significant role in the previous administration particularly against the taliban they are receiving more threats than those who work with the foreign projects they should provide visas to those as well mm. and they these people are just counting the the moments of their life and they are just waiting for their murder mm. the international community should not limit their humanity mm. to those people and they should provide opportunities Uh, to journalists and women rights activists as well in order to secure their life hmm. they need the help of the international community no i i i hear you his bull i cannot just confirm that i how i'm hearing what you're saying so at the at this moment it looks like afghanistan is 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 frozen in time everything has stopped universities have stopped banks are closed people can't get their money inflation uh is 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 rife with prices doubling and you mentioned that a lot of the people that have worked for the former government 
are in hiding or they're changing places from one to the other. Has there been any confirmed violence against them? Why I'm asking that is the the Taliban leadership has promised amnesty and keeps saying that amnesty will be given and is being afforded. But we are hearing mixed reports. So just from your understanding on the ground, to what extent is that amnesty actually being afforded to the people on the ground? The Taliban spokesman has recently said in his press conference in Kabul that uh, they have given amnesty to all the, their uh, opponents. But on the ground, the situation is very different. We just saw the video of the Badri's uh, commando killed by the Taliban. He was the commando in Badri's fighting against the Taliban. We have been saying that the journalists are receiving threats and there is raid, raids on their homes. Their families are in very uh, bad situations, and uh, there is no amnesty. Everyone uh, is uh, in the situation where they they don't have any hope of life. They are just keeping and changing their places. And uh, the Taliban on one side, they are saying that they have given amnesty, to their opponents, but on the other side, their members are finding and uh, going to their opponents' home in order to find them and kill them. So, so you know of you know that people are getting killed. Yes, you can see the uh, there are reports that uh, the the time has just published one report, and uh, in it he said that. Uh, almost 1,000 people in Kandahar and the adjacent areas of the Kandahar killed. In other parts, we, we, we have been seeing the videos that massacred by, by the terrorists. So yes, this is reality. Hmm. No, and that's, that's, that's what I, I mean, that's why I'm, I, I, I like speaking with you because you are on the ground um, and oftentimes the report reporters from the West don't necessarily have the feel of the situation on the ground. So I think it's important to hear your voice as well about this. Um, and particularly the, the, on, the, the violence is ongoing at the moment. You also mentioned that women and girls are now already uh, covered up uh, in Kabul. And I think that's something that we haven't really heard um, much about. Uh, at least I haven't uh, in the Western media. Let's maybe f- focus on the actual... Taliban and the likely formation of a government. What do you think is happening? To, to, to what extent has the government, has there been any talks about a government or any plans on forming a Taliban government? Yes, the negotiation uh, is underway in the Kabul between the Taliban and the uh, ex-president of Afghanistan, Hamid Karzai, Abdullah Abdullah, and uh, Gulbadin Hikmatyar. Their uh, constant meetings are going on. Every day they are holding their meetings in the Kabul in order to form the government. But now the situation is so complex, uh, particularly after the Taliban captured the Kabul, because 
they were uh, continuously they told to Afghans that they would make an inclusive government in Afghanistan. Uh, but uh, after seizing Kabul, now they have changed their stance and now saying that they seized the whole Afghanistan by force. Now, and now it is their own right to reconstitute their own extreme regime. Mm. And uh, Hamid Karzai and uh, others uh, like Gulbadin Hikmatyar and uh, Abdullah Abdullah, they are negotiating with them and they are emphasizing them to form an ex uh, inclusive government uh, in which everyone uh, consisting on the elders of every ethnicity of the elders of the every tribe and every province uh, but uh, the talibans i think the the negotiations are failed until now uh, because uh, they the taliban want uh, a complete monopoly over the power. On the other side, the negotiator want that uh, the Taliban should uh, fulfill their promise and make an inclusive government. And to what extent do you think that that's actually uh, uh, likely to occur or, or, or the mediation that's ongoing at the moment? What is your prediction as to which way it's going to go? The monopoly side of uh, Taliban power uh, or the hope of some level of inclusive governance? Uh, yes, it is uh, the dream of the Taliban that uh, they have int intention uh, to reconstitute uh, a government based on just the Taliban. And they also have one more in intention to make uh, another system uh, and uh, to make, uh, to implement uh, another system. So it, it is the two intentions uh, of the Taliban currently. Uh, but I think that kind of government uh, cannot exist in the, uh, in the current Afghanistan because uh, if you see, uh, currently the Taliban don't have any expert in their line, a government and institutions needs experts like uh, political scientists, sociologists, doctors, engineers, and psychologists, and uh, the experts of every walks of life. And there is even no master degree holders in the lines of the Taliban. Mm. So they can't, they can't run uh, a government uh, uh, a system which they uh, will implement in Afghanistan. So I think the the government, the current system, if they uh, sustain the current systems, the, that kind of government uh, could exist and that kind of government uh, will prevent uh, uh, another tragedies in Afghanistan because the Taliban's, uh, the members of the Taliban are just 50 and 60,000. Mm. And the current administration has just 15 lakhs members that are working in the various uh, departments like agriculture, like universities, like uh, uh, municipality and other departments like uh, hospitals. 
So if you don't have any doctors, how can you run uh, thousands of hospitals around Afghanistan? If you don't have a single professor in your line, so how can you run around 50 to 60 universities in Afghanistan? If you don't have a single engineer, uh, engineer in your line, so how can you run and develop the infrastructure of the Afghanistan? And that if you deprive 15 lakh members from their jobs, from their duty, it will increase uh, uh, economic crisis. It will emerge economic crisis in Afghanistan because what will they, they eat in Afghanistan? Because they don't have any other source of uh, economy, any other source of earning. Hmm. So that kind of government will just create catastrophes, that kind of government will just boost another civil war. So just to, so I'm clear, so I guess the point you're making is that the issue is really that the Taliban is seeking a monopoly of power in Afghanistan at the moment, while those who are mediating, uh, you know, like Kaza and Abdullah Abdullah are asking them to have an inclusive governance. But the issue you're highlighting is that the Taliban has no institutional knowledge or sufficiently qualified people amongst their ranks to actually run the country. So how likely do you think it is that the Taliban realizes this and therefore allows the inclusive governance to an extent, uh, at least insofar as allowing the 2 million plus who have been working for the previous government to get back to their positions to actually run the country. They might have the monopoly or, or run a theocracy, uh, but basically the people who then go about the day-to-day -day managing of uh, a government uh, are those who worked in the previous administration. How likely do you think that is? The Taliban basically want uh, a complete monopoly over the government, but now they are thinking as well because previous time, they had monopoly as well, but they just ran Afghanistan for uh, five years. And there, there were a lots of trouble, suffering, and lots of crisis in their government. The, the Afghan uh, economy were completely collapsed uh, uh, in the previous time. And more than uh, millions of people uh, left Afghanistan due to uh, economic crisis. There were peace, but people were leaving Afghanistan due to economic crisis. And now the Taliban, uh, the Taliban, previous time, the Taliban failed to run the country. They didn't make a single institution. They, they didn't make any developments around Afghanistan. Even they didn't make a single university across Afghanistan in their previous mm. five years regime. Now they they know that they are unable, they don't have capacity to run the entire institutions and the entire uh, country of Afghanistan. They need the skills, the capacities, the abilities of the previous administration's mm. worker. And now they want, even the, the Taliban invited Ashraf Ghani and Amrla Saleh as well to work under mm. our government because they need these people. But on the other side, 
they want a complete monopoly. They say that, yes, you work with us in the educational, uh, educational institution and university, but the vice chancellor of university mm. would be Talib. They told the, the, the people that work with us in the banks, in the economic department, and the secretary would be Talib. So no one will be ready under the vice chancellor, if, if the, 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 the Talib, who didn't take uh, schools in their entire career. How can that kind of Talib run a Kabul University, Hirat University, where almost 50,000 people are mm. studying currently? So the negotiator basically uh, of negotiating with these people and mediating that, yes, you have the right of 50% key post, but you should work in the area where you have the capacity. Now, <clears throat> and the Taliban uh, also understand if they ignore the previous administration's worker, they would start around 2 million people work with the previous administration. If they deprive these people from their jobs and duties, naturally and abruptly, there will be economic crisis mm. within Afghanistan. These people around Afghanistan will start protest and resistance against the Taliban. And the second, if the, the, the Taliban ignore an inclusive government, if they ignore Tajik, Uzbek, Azaras uh, from uh, their political participation, if they don't even uh, give them space, already there is a huge resistance across Afghanistan. Three districts uh, uh, liberated from the Taliban in the Baghlam mm -hmm. province yesterday. And uh, around 60 Taliban killed by uh, those resistors. And today, just two hours ago, around 300 the Taliban killed by Amrullah Saleh and Ahmad Shah Massoud's mm. militias. There is a huge resistance, and the Taliban also know this fact as well that they can't run a system where they have complete monopoly. Because there is uh, also in the previous years. In, the pre in their previous regime, there was a big resistance in mm. northern areas. And now there is also where this resistance will increase to other areas as well. The whole northern areas people will join this uh, resistance if the Taliban want, if, if they uh, make a system where the complete uh, Monopoly is under their uh, under their hands, and the third fact is that the previous system failed because the Taliban the 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 regime was based just to the Taliban. They know they don't even the Taliban a government which is based on the Taliban. It isn't possible in this kind of government cannot run with mm. four five instances. Mm. Just on that uh, resistance point that you made, I think that's an interesting one because we are hearing reports of, you know, uh, Ahmad Basud and, uh, and the resistance fighters in the Panjshir Valley. 
to what extent do you think that this is a genuine resistance that actually has some potential uh, of of resisting Taliban influence and governance, or is this more to set up better negotiation positions? Uh, how, how credible do you think the resistance is? It's a very uh, valid resistance because the people wanted resistance against the Taliban, even uh, in the administration of uh, Ashraf Ghani. But at that time, they were uh, confident on the Afghan mm. military. And they understood that Afghan military and forces are capable to protect the entire Afghanistan from the Taliban. But the entire scenario changed within four and five days. The Taliban reached to Kabul. And the, the people of uh, Afghanistan didn't get any uh, time to resist against the Taliban. So now, <clears throat> the, the, the Afghan, when the, the Taliban reached to Kabul, now the people are thinking that even the Taliban's regime, the, the people saw just their viciousness, their qualities, and they are saying now as well, you, you see, they just uh, in the cities, in the provinces, in the areas, they have continued a very harsh qualities on the Afghans. So now even after the second day, the women started resistance mm. and protest against the Taliban in Kabul. And on the third day around, there were protests in the five provinces of Afghanistan. So no one is ready for a theoretic Taliban government. So now the Amrla Saleh and Hamad Masood and the whole Afghans, they request from the Taliban that make an inclusive and democratic government. Because it is that the, it is, uh, there is a very big history behind this scenario. No government in Afghanistan has succeeded until now, uh, which is based on dictatorship, which, which is based on the idea of mm. theoretic system. Because the, it is the, uh, the, the, the minds of the Afghans are completely changed. They have a democratic society, democratic uh, mindset, and they want, and now Amrullah Saleh and Hamad Masood, they basically their basic demands from the Taliban that make an inclusive and de democratic government because the Taliban don't mm. want election in Afghanistan. They know they can't win election. Just two and three years ago, Asia Foundation arranged one survey in Afghanistan where they found a figure that 92% Afghans supported the Ashraf Ghani administration and just 4% Afghans supported the Taliban government. Now the Taliban, they, the Taliban are interesting. Uh, they are interested to demolish the Afghan Senate, they, to uh, demolish the Afghan uh, National Assembly and to take out the entire power from them and they are saying that it is 
the, the responsibility of their president that the, the whole country's the policy making and decision making body uh, uh, they should exercise by mm. their amir yeah so the the ones are not ready for that kind of system they demand from the taliban that there should be a democratic institution there should be a elections every uh, after every five years it it is on the ones whoever they they select mm. for themselves on the other side the taliban know they can they don't have any roots in the afghans they don't they don't have any support in the afghans so they want permanent mm. designations yeah one way to retain power so the, yeah. that situation uh, hezbollah i'm conscious of the time and 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 also uh, of your own pressures as well maybe we can uh, bring this one to to a close what do you think is the most dangerous case scenario and then what do you think is the best case scenario and then what do you think is the most likely case scenario going forward uh, i think there is no possibility of the good uh, scenario because <clears throat> the taliban uh, after they are so confident now after capturing the entire afghanistan within one week and now they and they are saying that they 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 defeated the mm. british empire they defeated ussr they defeated uh, uh, us within one century and these kind of resistance is nothing for them like uh, the resistance mm. of hamad masood so they are proud they even don't think about this resistance so if they don't think about this resistance it is the the ultimate options and the ultimate scenario is a civil war and a huge resistance against the taliban in the entire afghanistan they are in the the there there are two scenario in one scenario the taliban believe and they understand they don't have any support in afghanistan they want permanent key post designations uh, and they want hmm. a ulama council which uh, exercise the the power of entire afghanistan and which is the only policy and decision making body of afghanistan on the other side the the ones believe that they don't want they just want the senate they just want uh, elections they they want that national assembly and senate should uh, uh, make policies and decisions mm. for afghans and on the other side the taliban believe that they don't win they can't win election on the other side the, 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 the afghans are not ready to accept the taliban's uh, uh, these intentions so there will be there, there will be no any good scenario because the taliban is not ready for the demands of afghans on the other side afghans are not ready for the intentions for the manipulations of the taliban's power 
and the negotiations which is underway in Kabul, we are saying that like the past three years negotiation, we saw just fail. In this negotiation, also we, we are saying that mm. this will be failed. And uh, in that case, there will be just civil war and uh, great resistance against the Taliban. <sighs> Hard words, but uh, I can certainly understand where, you, where you're coming from. Um, Hezbollah, thank you very much again for your time. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak again uh, because I think getting your insights uh, and your analysis is very useful. Thank you very much for your time once again, and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Voices of War. You can access all episodes on www.thevoicesofwar.com or by subscribing wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please give us a review as we'd love to hear what you think. If you'd like to recommend a guest for the show, you can reach me on info at thevoicesofwar.com.